free stuff, free modules, free cables, free cassette tapes, free t-shirts, stickers, which are usually free, but you know, they're going to come along with all of this stuff. What am I talking about? A bunch of stuff that I am going to be passing on to my Patreon subscribers here in about a month or so. So if you are not signed up for the Patreon yet, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. And I've been talking about this for a while, but I think maybe it's time that I show you some of the stuff. So let's start with some cassettes. All right. The last two copies of Kitty Safari by me and my friend Stephen Jett. It is a bunch of really great piano playing by Stephen. Run through my modular system. And then I uh, got passed along a bunch of cassettes, and it turns out I own some of them already. I'm going to be passing these on. So I've got uh, VCO ADSR, uh, Serious Lies EP, Minor Truths EP. It looks like it's like a, maybe a split. Looks pretty cool. Heinbach, Dear Earth, Gemini Horror, Absidic, Gerald Fjord Signals, great album. Ross Fish from Moth and Zeef, eight songs about absolutely nothing. I have this one, it's really good. I have this one as well, Fossilize Me, Era, Akil Adam, Hollow Moon, The Great Krell Machine from uh, Flag Day Records. This one has, uh, let's see, Walker Farrell, Todd Barton, a bunch of really cool people on it. This is a Tom Hall cassette. Tom Hall's great, a Daedalus one. And then I have this one as well. It's called Dry Bath. Um, it's very weird, but I really, really like it. Um, so there are the cassettes. I've got a bunch of stickers, a bunch of Pod Mod stickers, of course. And then I've got a bunch of uh, blank panels from the Bleep Bloop 2000, uh, which is now sold out, but I do have a bunch of extra panels. So if anybody wants some blanks, with my big dumb face on it. Okay, so onto cables. I've got a whole bunch of right angle cables here. Various lengths, various uh, color schemes. Got some glow in the dark, some that are not glow in the dark. I've got a whole bunch of these black and gold braided uh, cables um, in various sizes. And then I've got some red stackables here. And I've also got this, this here tote bag full of various colors of tie-dyed Podular Modcast shirts. And then there are a few white ones as well. Sizes are limited. And then finally, the modules. This is the part you've been waiting for. I've got an After Later Audio Filthy Filter, an After Later Audio Blend, which I, the only reason I'm getting rid of this is because I have I have more of them, and I think they're a very, very useful utility module. And then a nice, simple Envy from After Later Audio. These, uh, it's just a nice little ADSR, and it's got an end of attack and end of rise trigger output. So pretty dang useful. So if you wanna be on the receiving end of the announcement of when you can get this stuff, then you gotta go over to patreon.com forward slash podulamodcast and join up. I'm just gonna randomly post what's there and I'm gonna make little packages basically. It'll all be first come first serve. So if you see that post, look at what's on there and then claim it in the comments or send me a message and then it's yours and I will send it out to you. 
as you know, if you've been listening long enough, I could not do this show without your support on Patreon. So once again, patreon.com forward slash podularmodcast, link in the show description. This week's episode is brought to you by Novation and their flagship two-part 16-voice, 61-key polyphonic synthesizer, The Summit. Built on the same innovative foundations as the critically acclaimed Peak, Summit's deep sound design capabilities, 16-voice, two-part multi-timbral engine, and intuitive tactile workflow add up to a synth that is far more than the sum of its parts. For more information, please visit NovationMusic.com, link in the show description. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held. This week we have Andrew from Beacon Sound on the show. I'm very excited to bring you this episode, not just because I love Beacon Sound as a label, but also because this particular conversation is, uh, it's just, it's, it's really the type of conversation that I like to have. We go pretty deep um, and we don't end up talking too much about uh, the label and the artists and everything that are on it because we, we just kind of go off. And uh, so, you know, good reason to have Andrew back on the show, but I can't uh, recommend Beacon Sound as a label high enough. So, you know, maybe push pause if you're not familiar, go check out some of the stuff on the label and then come back. I really like the aspect of the the curation of a collection of artists and vibe or type of music, um, you know, and then they become these these trusted sources where you can just go and, and pick up the latest release without hearing anything, knowing that you're going to get something out of it. And I really think that Beacon Sound is, uh, well, dare I say, a beacon. God, no, I'm not going to finish that stupid joke. But yeah, I love this label and we are going to get into this conversation shortly. But first, some quick business. So let me start off by saying thank you to Patchworks, Seattle's premier synthesizer shop. Been up there a few times lately and I picked up some powered pods from 4MS. Uh, some other stuff I can't quite... Th- oh yeah, these. These crazy, absurdly, comically long uh, patch cables. These stackable patch cables from uh, Tip Top. This is a 12-footer, I think. I got a couple 4-footers. I got these for a very specific reason, and I can't wait to share with you that reason. But that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about Patchworks. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Longtime supporters of PodMod. They're just a cultural hub, not just a shop. Great people up there. Um, Yeah, I can't say enough kind things about the old P-Dub. So visit them online at patchwerks.com. I would also like to say thank you to Afterlater Audio for their continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them online at afterlateraudio.com. You can check out all the new cool Mutable Instruments classics modules. Um, I've been using the Razor a whole lot. That's a one-to-one version of the now-retired Blades from Mutable Instruments. They also have an excellent collection of original designs and maybe in a few months we might be releasing something new that I have something to do with. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to tell you all about that very soon, but until then, please visit afterlateraudio.com. Link to them and Patchworks in the show description. 
So if you uh, follow me on Instagram or YouTube and have been listening to the show for the last few weeks, you know that I've been on a real tear as far as the remote performances go. That's where I go out with my battery-powered synth and go to a cool place and shoot some, you know, lovely scenery and put together a, a little video about it. Um, about it with all that stuff that I talked about. I'm sorry, I'm having a really hard time locking into uh, recording these today. Many takes, and I don't need to be telling you this, but I feel like if I say it out loud, maybe it'll make it not happen as much, but it's happening right now. Anyways, I just did one recently at the Point Defiance Park here in Tacoma with the Soma Enner and the uh, STS from 4MS and a bunch of other really cool modules and I thought it turned out pretty neat so I would like to share it with you here um, if you're just listening uh, not watching the video then you're, you'll hear the music but uh, I, I would love it if you went over to the YouTube and checked out the, the video and while you're there if you could hit the old like and subscribe I hate saying this stuff but it's part of how we do things these days um, yeah I would like to continue growing the YouTube channel I feel like that might be I feel like that's where my best work is currently. I like these remote performances, the video aspect of it, and the musical aspect of it, I feel like is, yeah, it's it's my strong point, I think. It's what I enjoy doing the most. Um, so yeah, I hope you enjoy this video that we're about to play, but there are others. I did, uh, I've done some with the Qubit Nebulae and a Blueberry Patch, which sounds peaceful, but turned out kind of kind of dark and scary. Uh, you know, some, some guitar stuff on a ferry recently, um, and, and mu much more to come. So yeah, here is my performance from Point Defiance Park with the Soma Enter and the 4MS STS, or Stereo Triggered Sampler. Um, I hope you enjoy it, and after this, we will get into our chat with Andrew from Beacon Sound. Thanks again for coming back to Podmod.
Nerman. Nerman. That's what I thought. I just you, you can you can just say Andrew and skip the fucking last name. <laughs> okay. Sounds I good. hate my last name. When I was a little kid, I could never pronounce it. Oh so really? So in school, you know, I was like, "What's your name?" I just like garble my own name. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it's, being um, like embarrassed, but also like too young to realize, like, you know, that I was also being like kind of a dick there was this this girl who had a really really long i forgot her last name it was like it was like a really long like ch- like check name but uh-huh. or no what was it winkleman it was just it was a it was a lot of letters for a for a first grader to be writing and i remember just uh-huh. being like you can't spell your last name but my last name's held there's four letters you know it's yeah so yeah i was an asshole. you have a good name tim <laughs> tim held <laughs> yeah my yeah. parents my parents fucked up it's two two it, syllable names it, 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 andrew near min it's yeah just, it just but it's it's a bummer i yep. can't run for office <laughs> My last name though is a past tense uh, verb though, so it's it's like it's a little that's that's annoying. It's we cool, all have though. complaints. Um, Roll, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it 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 means hero in German apparently. So cool. Well, perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, welcome to uh, talking surnames with Tim and Andrew. Um, so I I've always. Um, I'll just start off here with my my kind of spiel on my love for you know like indie record labels like yours um Beacon mm-hmm. Sound. Um I feel like I'm really drawn to lab- labels became probably you know in my late teens and then consistently throughout uh, my way of discovering new music because if i saw that you know a handful of these records that i really like oh they're all on the same label i could vent you know i i could find myself uh trusting certain uh certain people or small groups of people as curators of stuff that i know i'd be interested Mm -hmm. in um and so yeah i with with today's music industry and the the thing you know the world of singles and everything and uh i'm just so happy that that that's still going strong and seems to be like as long as there's a way to get it out to people like Bandcamp and whatnot, like it's not going anywhere. Um, and the physical releases, you know, I, I, I feel like everybody was talking about how physical releases were going to be just a thing of the past and, and they're not, which is, uh, I like because I am, uh, I'm the oldest age range for millennials so like the physical artifact is also <laughs> like a huge part of the experience for me personally you know like mm. before mm-hmm. there were phones for me for me too yeah and i and i feel like that's a that's a thing that a lot of people share and it makes sense and i think you know like before the phone and everything i was reading liner notes and you know just i'm constantly searching for new artists and new types of music um and mm-hmm. i have to say that what you're doing with Beacon Sound is you're an excellent curator of a, I hate to use this word, I'm not going to use this word, but just a wide variety of, of sounds that all kind of belong. Don't together. use that word. I'm not going to use the word. I know what word you're know, about to use. Yep, I'm I, not I don't gonna, look. It's annoying. Yeah. It's, it's you one see of the, that You see yeah. that word like a, in a certain font mm-hmm. and it's not a good, and it's not a good font. It starts with an E, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hate that. I hate that word. Um, Which sucks because like, yeah. like what are the, you know, just like, um, sorry, I'm rolling over my head, headphones cord here. The, uh, 
the phonics of it, you know, it's it it's a great word that rolls off the tongue, but it's just been overused <sighs> so much that it's become its own punchline and like a eye rolling mm-hmm. inducer. Yeah. Um, so you don't think you don't think that the that the label is too all over the place? I don't because pers- no, no. I, I I like that because yeah, I like that too. Yeah, I, I I'm really I'm really suspicious of uh, like sort of slick narratives. Mm-hmm. Like the, these days, it is really helpful mm-hmm. um, actually to have like a a consistent sound and some sort of hook overarching na- narrative. Mm-hmm. And for me, the overarching narrative is more in the process and less in um, chasing a specific sound. Sometimes people describe Beacon Sound as an ambient label. And I'm just like, it's not. It's, it never it, has. To- no, it's totally and not. I, it, it's just, it gets really lazy. I guess that's where I'm going. And um, in some ways, it's the toughest way to run a label, right? Yeah. Because you don't necessarily know what you're going to get next time, mm-hmm. you know? So if the last record was like an electro, you know, electronic pop forward album, and the new one is, you know, an experimental pipe organ release, mm-hmm. I know that there are, you know, I know I don't have like, um, other labels have like a consistent, uh, gosh, just consistent, a consistent group of listeners, mm-hmm, right. Who are going to mm-hmm. buy every release mm-hmm. and add it to their collection. And I think Beacon sounds kind of different than that. Um, well, and it makes it more difficult in some ways, but other, mm-hmm. if I, it's satisfying to me. Yeah. And I think and that's, other, that's, otherwise I wouldn't, the, I wouldn't yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. You would lose steam on it. And, um, I think that's why, you know, I've, I've reached out to a lot of people over the years to talk on the podcast and a really common response I get is like, I actually don't use modular or I, I didn't, I don't really know much about modular and I'm like, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Like I talk a lot Mm -hmm. about modular stuff in my, but like, I'm, I'm not just a modular artist. I don't just, you know, I like to just talk to people Mm -hmm. because you know, there's, there's, there's a nice like warm, comfy space in that, in that Venn diagram of, you know, mm-hmm. modular enthusiasts and, and people who just like, you know, good and interesting music. So, you know, mm-hmm. like I can see what you're saying there. I will say that for, for my personal taste, I actually, I think that's one of the, one of the things about Beacon that is most attractive to me is because that really, that like really shows the, the uh the 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 cure the curative uh instincts that you have because all of this music is kind of like i'm always searching for you know like something new and interesting and weird and i feel like you're really good at finding that stuff like uh thanks God, what's that album um thanks you gave it to me at um pd pdx waveform pdx uh why am i blanking on that album oh now i feel like an asshole was it um was it the Dominic Vaz album? I can't remember what I, I can't remember what I gave you. Here. Was it more electronic ish? No, uh, uh, the Location Services album. Oh yeah, that like when with, that started, with, with I was just like, this is kind of like this type of music that I've been looking for, you know. And, and actually, just all the cassettes, and you know, I was listening to stuff today just in prep for this, and yeah, it's just. Um, it, I think another thing that I really like about it is I, I think I gave you a cassette tape. Did I give you a cassette tape of my friend Stephen and I's album or yeah. send you a link or something? 
You, you gave me the um, the vinyl uh, mystery circles. Oh, that's right. I gave you that one. Okay. So my yeah. friend Stephen and I, uh, he's like a, a classical pianist. You know, like Liszt is Liszt in you know Chopin or like his his thing. And um, mm-hmm. you know, over the years, we've we've jammed with like modular in that, and we've made some albums where I just basically process his piano through the the synth and just cool. do weird shit. So it's kind of like you know neo classical or you know whatever they call like but it's also like very experimental and you know mm-hmm. i think there's if somebody listens to you know if they just randomly select a beacon sound record they could think that you are just like this new classical you know modern composer label but then they get the next thing and yeah i just i think i'm 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 fawning now a little too much. I feel like I've said what I oh. need to say and I don't need to belabor it anymore. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's nice to hear it's nice to hear good things. Yeah. Especially the last, you know, the last three years I've spent a lot of time alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Running, yeah. staring at my laptop, running a label after, you know, Beacon Sun was a record store for mm-hmm. a decade, almost a decade before before the pandemic hit. So I kind of yeah. went from having this in person social milieu to just staring at my laptop uh, running around yeah. a little yeah that's that's got to be and i mean that's just so much work i i so i uh i've tried to start two record labels in my uh mm-hmm. young naive and overly ambitious uh career and it's so mm-hmm. funny i just want to go back to myself on those and be like listen um you can do this of course diy do it but like save up some money, get, get a little bit of fucking capital behind you before you like, you know, cause you're asking people to join your label and then they're like, okay, well then like, how does it work? Well, it's just going to be on band camp, it's a, and, it's, you know? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a huge issue for sure mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. artists. You know, when you're choosing a label, you want to make sure your music is, is going to be promoted and, right. uh, you know, handled with care basically. Mm-hmm. And get out to the and get out to the world. Um, in my case, you know, I, I didn't really have any capital, mm-hmm. but I had the record store, which I started with, you know, frankly, my credit cards. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, almost almost went bankrupt many times. Mm-hmm. And um, but over the course of that ten years, I think I released um, my the first the first thing at Beacon Sound was a techno cassette by my brother, Apartment apartment Fox. Okay. <clears throat> and um, Oh, yeah. That was 2000, 2013, I think. But, um, you know, basically the record store sort of gradually became more of a thing. Mm-hmm. And the label was funded fully by the record store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's why if, if, you know, if you were to look closely at the releases, um, you'll see that like there is one year, like 2017, where I only released one record. Mm-hmm. It was a double LP reissue that got like stuck at the pressing plant for like eight months. It was insane, oh and all my money yeah. was was tied up in that one record, so I couldn't release anything else. Oh you know my god, I mean? that's gonna um, be so frustrating. So then, yeah, it was it was insane. It was just, it's a very tough business for sure. But yeah. um, when when COVID hit, I, I closed the shop immediately. I was kind of uh, burned out in retail, anyways, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was the the one the one way in which COVID has gifted me um, is just simply the fact that having the record store for so long allowed me to access all this funding. Mm-hmm. 
um, in, including one of those EIDL loans. Like if you really want to talk about how Beacon Sound exists and how I've been doing it throughout through the pandemic, mm-hmm. it's government funding. Yeah, it's the kind of funding that I dream I dreamed of having right. and could not get. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I spent the last, and that's why you see the last three years the releases ramp up. Well, it's mm-hmm. because I had money. Yeah, all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, and so I've I've spent that time really trying to figure out if it's possible to uh, have the label be a, be a going concern, I guess, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and support itself with with no record store behind it. Yeah, because I uh, imagine having the store the store was a good way to move physical copies. Um, you that know. too. Mm-hmm. That too. Yeah, and just just the general mm-hmm. um, just the general ability to have a space to be in to interact mm-hmm. with people. Yeah, I'm constantly totally. talking about you know. Whereas now I'm just you know, if I didn't have an Instagram account, which is the only social media I use because I hate social media, yeah, right. nobody would know what I was doing. Exactly, nobody yeah. would die. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Yeah, I I often uh, think about that like how, just like um, Instagram's pretty much. I I post stuff on TikTok, but I don't like do TikTok. I'm doing it wrong, I think, as far as the kids are concerned. I'm just trying to like have that there in case, you know, like Instagram goes the way of the Buffalo or something because mm-hmm. um, it will eventually. No, absolutely. And that's how I promote almost every, I promote stuff on the show, of course, but I also like promote mm-hmm. the show and I book probably 90% of my guests via Instagram and find out about the new people I want to talk about, you know? So it is Mm -hmm. weird to be like somewhat reliant on something that's definitely feeds into our, maybe our grosser side of our, our uh, primate brain or whatever, but you know. Yeah. I think it should be a public utility. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, essentially, the people that control our economy—there aren't very many of them. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our our masters have created this this technology that we're all addicted to, mm-hmm. and number one, um, you know, the number one thing that makes it work is conflict. Yeah, thrives yeah. conflict. Mm-hmm. They've created the situation where they've you know been able to perfect their divide and rule strategy. Mm-hmm. Now we're all on our phones fighting with each other over, you know, sometimes just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, they're making a ton of money, yep. getting rich, you know, richer. And I don't really even see as much, you know, like street activism these days because people think that it's you know you can protest on your phone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I just find the whole thing really, really depressing. And yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd like to find like to find a better way to do things and that involves more. You know, I don't know, print. You know, print media and in in the flesh yeah, interaction. Definitely, and I, and you know, I think yeah. there's definitely. I mean, I think there's been you know a lot of like groups of people you know trying to bring the physical you know, aspect of just media back in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, it's definitely, there's, there's something that is important to many people about that, you know, like waveform magazine, um, you know, that's a print issue and tape op still does print issues, I think. And, or do mm-hmm. they, I'm not sure, but, um, I think, yeah. but yeah, with like, you know, cassettes and, and everything and, and, graphic novels. Like I recently got into graphic novels, uh, cause I found Fantagraphics during 
not that I found it, but there was a shop. There's the their bookstore is in Georgetown in Seattle, and it was really close to where I used to live. Cool. And I see a lot of like digital con, you know, and it's like, okay, well, this is cheaper, and I could get it right now. But I'm like, I do not want, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that on my device. Like, it's also the smell and the feel and the texture, and you know, mm-hmm. it's all just so important. Um, fuck social media, but yeah. also. I have a, we need it. <laughs> I have a, I have a, <clears throat> I have a hard time placing value on on digital copies. Me too. Yeah. And and, but I'm also old. Yeah. Older. You know. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I grew up. You know. Before, <laughs> before there were cell phones. You know. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And I didn't have one. Until I still I remember getting my, my. Yeah. For me, man, I was like, I was a late adopter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Technology in general, yeah. Iron- ironically enough, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I- I'm often often thinking about um, the the interplay between capitalism and culture. Me too, right? With, because even the whole music, yeah. the whole the whole music industry is a, is a is a creature of capitalism. Is created by the capitalist system, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't hear people talking about it that much you know like even thinking about the physical artifacts the digital stuff is way worse mm-hmm. all the server farms you know it's just like that anybody involved in the reproduction of music is involved in killing the planet yeah yeah um no there's no way of getting around it you no, know the vinyl no. manufacturing like i'm i'm married to the petrochemical industry mm-hmm. because i make vinyl records right know? not to mention tapes and cds cds are the worst yeah yeah environmentally that is something i'm constantly um just constantly at war with within myself because there's my my you know my my like i guess pie in the sky dream you know started as a kid of you know i wanted to be a rock star of course and then Mm -hmm. as i got older it, it started to like kind of it it is fully formed into like i want to do what i love and i have to get paid so i'm gonna try my fucking damnedest to be able to you know, make those things work together. And the shitty thing with that, for me, the hard thing for that is like, I sell ad, I sell ad space on my podcast and I mm-hmm. feel gross sometimes when I'm, you know, approaching people about that, but they're also business, you know, I know that's like, you kind of have to play the game, but I don't like the game, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like, yeah, I imagine with the label, that's like, I mean, it's it's a similar thing, but it's it's a lot different in the sense that like, you're the one that would you you have to get the word out, right? Like, um, you know, like just advertising and promotion and stuff, and coming from somebody who's been in many bands and has written, you know, created one too many one sheets, uh, it's just such mm-hmm. a fucking <laughs> slog, you know. Um, and then you you know you mm-hmm. send it all out and they don't you don't hear back or, you know, it's just like, or you get rejected, which is, you know, that's part of the artist's life. You get more rejections than not, but it's just, it's so it's, there's so much like stuff that you have to do. That's outside of the thing that you are passionate about, you know, like the, the marketing aspect. Yeah. So yeah, how, I, like, I was, yeah, I, I was, I was in a band from 1999. I also had rock star dreams as a teenager and um but i didn't actually form a band until i was like 27 or something uh-huh. but um 
we were together for like four or five years and um there was that marketing component, but this was like pre-social media. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. the marketing component, there, there's still like lots of print magazines. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, mailing out endless physical promo kits. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I miss those days because like you say, I feel like the, the physicality is missing from a lot of our interactions. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But I, I prefer that style of marketing. Like when I was growing up, I discovered, you know, like everybody else, I discovered music by reading magazines mm-hmm. and like watching like 120 minutes. Yeah, right. On MTV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, literally, like, literally, like literally, that should uh-huh. changed my life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and to order a record, like I used to buy stuff from like Sarah Records in the UK, right? And you'd send off a, a, a self-addressed stamped envelope to the label and they would send you back a catalog. Then you go through the catalog and you check off what you wanted, you mm-hmm. know, and you'd send them a check. And then a few t- months later, yeah, I was gonna say this is like you a might get process. some <laughs> you might get some of the records that you wanted. <laughs> right. But yeah. I think that way of I think that I think that way of doing things is just so much better just because it's slower. Absolutely. And if if yeah. there's if there's like one thing that I think our there's a lot of things I think our society needs, but slower would be one of the very first words that that come to mind it's something i'm thinking about constantly it's just like i am in this game obviously you know like i'm releasing quite a, a bit of music mm-hmm. and sometimes it feels i was just thinking about this last night it's like my god it's like it's already february 15th like i feel like my life is just flying by and it's yep. just like this life of deadlines mm-hmm. and release dates mm-hmm. and um But you kind of have, you kind of have to. It's really hard to occupy like a middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with labels, you know, the less you put out, well, the less people are going to be thinking about you, and right. you know. But I also, at the same time, I also feel like, man, I kind of want, I kind of do want to put out less stuff and just try and like try and be less digital centric mm-hmm. and just kind of slow things down or something just for my own mental health, if nothing else. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think something like, you you know, what you just described with the mailing and, you know, like go, like going to record shops was like my favorite thing back in the day or the CD shop as I called it. Um, uh, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's also a function of, of just getting older, but, um, the relationships that I formed with the albums that I got when I was a kid and like you didn't have the, the entire uh, selection of the, of the world's music at your fingertips at Mm -hmm. all moments. And, and I think that is, it's, it's just crazy to me the the level of paralysis, um, that can give you as somebody who's looking for something to watch on a streaming service or on, you know, Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that like, and this is me maybe being old, but that that's like one of the most heartbreaking things. The flip side is you can have, you know, people like you start this label and like, you know, do what you're doing. And um, so there's, there's now there's even more access, music to choose from. the world. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. Um, so like it's I think why I still buy cassettes and I still buy vinyl and I I've kind of 
I only buy like cassettes or vinyl if it's, you know, a smaller indie label or if it's like some world music, you know, like album that's from, you know, that's old that I've never like that. I just think this looks like it could be cool. You know, like I don't buy mm-hmm. my new favorite artists on, on vinyl usually. Um, because I feel like with the, the, the DIY stuff, I, I, I think because I've put, I've tried to, I've, I've vied for people's attention for so long as somebody who is a creative that, um, Mm -hmm. I want to pay that forward or I want to give that attention to those who are seeking it, um, in ways that, you know, that, that are doing things that I enjoy. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just explained that like I'm some fucking awesome altruist or something, but I don't know. I feel like if I'm going to try to like really connect with something, I want to, I want to do it in that way. Um, if that makes sense. I don't know. Um, I think it makes sense. Yeah. The, um, when I think about sort of the, the, I mean, that is one thing, one amazing thing about Instagram and social media is being able to be connected with, with people Mm -hmm. all around the world. Mm -hmm. You know, if I often think about, um, the difference between, our cognitive geography today, mm-hmm. right? Because now we know we've only known for five hundred years. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ish, maybe a little more than that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, for most of our experience as humans on this planet, we've known about the land around us, and you know, and gradually more and more. Um, but I feel like. I don't know. It's, 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 it's nuanced. And, um, I think it's mostly a good thing in terms of like humans potentially having a sort of a collective mind Mm -hmm. set or zeitgeist maybe, or I don't Mm -hmm. don't even know what, or, um, but then I also miss, you know, I think of like flying nun records, you know, label from New Zealand. I don't think so. A classic indie rock label. Okay. And I bring them up because they um, they started in like the late 70s or early 80s or something. Mm-hmm. And they represented this regional sound in mm-hmm. New Zealand. So this is pre-internet, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, they were doing the same thing. They'd have to order records from other parts of the world, right? And it was yeah. a slow process. And they didn't have access to every song every ever written. Mm-hmm. or discogs or whatever right. you can just yeah. access anything mm-hmm. and because of that they had a distinctive sound their right. label they had all these different kinds of bands but they still had this sort of distinctive regional sound and i feel like that is also getting kind of watered down mm-hmm. as yeah. we have this sort of global it's like a good and bad thing at the same time we have this sort of global culture where everything is kind of thrown into this stew and I feel like in some ways it's really cool, but in other ways, it kind of almost, I don't know, it's overly harsh, but sometimes it almost feels generic or something. Like like there's just less like, God, I mean, I think about like the ambient music world, you know, it's just like, good God, like it's really hard in my humble opinion to make ambient music that is not generic. Mm-hmm. I mean, in yeah. some ways, ambient music, I guess, is supposed to be sort of generic or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Um, theoretically. 
so I don't know a lot of stuff that I think about, um, you know, like, like that is, is just, it just, it's just nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like, Oh, actually this is the second time this has come up this week. I was talking to, uh, Mark, uh, Weidenbaum last, uh, yesterday about this and it came mm-hmm. up in a totally different context, but have you heard of the book, uh, how to do nothing by Jenny O'Dell? No, it's a very cool book. Uh, she's basically (laughs) yeah she she's like talking about you know internet culture and and the you know how much attention it takes and she she has like a few really cool like lenses uh she puts it through and she actually uses like pauline uh oliveros and like you know Hmm. like listening to sound as 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 a huge chunk of it but she also has like Mm this um like physical geography ecological approach to the like yeah, we know what we know about, you know, the places all over the world that we maybe have never been to, but we don't know like what's, you know, four blocks that way. There's, you know, that, that, that gulch over there where there's like a green belt, like, what is that a a stream? Like where, where does that feed? Where does that go? And, you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. so she was, you know, kind of talking about, um, you know, trying to dive like, um, like direct your attention in that way instead of at your phone or something, you know, like just go for a walk Mm -hmm. and then like try to do some observing of what's going around you and actually try to figure it out. You know, like how many people know the elevation of the town that they live in? And I mean, not that that's Mm -hmm. necessarily any more important, but I don't know. It's just, uh, but yeah, I think we have, I, 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 sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. (laughs) I I love that way. I love that way of thinking. I mean, we are like, you know, we are the, alienated subjects of a system that is based on the idea of infinite growth mm-hmm. on a finite planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no other way of getting around it. Sooner or later, we're going back to the earth. Like literally we all die, mm-hmm. but this shit is not sustainable. No, we all know that. No, you know, it's yeah. like, see around the campfire. We don't know if it's going to be 10 years or 150 years. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but sooner or later, yep. All this shit's going to fall apart <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to be back playing our bone flutes, you know, or the equivalent around yeah. the campfire. Yeah. Trying to stay warm. It's, it's so weird to think about, like I've thought about this, something similar with, you know, like a, a, a post-apocalyptic type thing, you know, all uh, the road, Cormac McCarthy or something. And right now, like I, I, I liked, well, it, I don't even know if I like to, but I think about this and, and I think it gives me some like a little mental anguish and a little anxiety, but I am, I'm currently in a, in a, in a moment of like, I'm, I'm oozing with creative, like the, the muse is, is really kicking my ass right now, which I love because I can't mm-hmm. just work if I'm like, it has to kind of like be the right time. And, and it's been the right mm-hmm. time a lot lately. And I've been, I've been putting in very long days and busting my ass, but it's like, it gives me a lot of joy and purpose. And I wonder mm-hmm. if, this world were to come to be like what would i would i still be pursuing sounds and and listening to and getting like like because i'm i grew up in the capitalist version of the music industry and i think Mm -hmm. honestly and i think you could say this for a lot of musicians but i'll just speak for myself here i think getting into it originally was kind of the uh it was the uh 
the method of which I was trying to treat the symptom of not having the attention in the way that I wanted to have it or whatever, the validation or the acceptance mm -hmm. or, or whatever it is that I felt like I was lacking as a insecure, you know, kid or mm -hmm. whatever. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a very strange thought experiment to be like, and then, you know, if you say like, it, you know, the, I think what, what gives me anguish and fear or whatever about it is I'm, I'm worried that if that world were to come to be, that I wouldn't do this stuff anymore. And if that's the case, then have I been living as myself my whole life? <laughs> you know, I know this is like, this is a little no. wooey, but I don't know. It's not wooey at all. Yeah. I think about this stuff all the time. It's mm -hmm. kind of like the central yeah. Yeah. gist of my existence or something. Mm -hmm. um, because I grew up in DC. Okay. On the East Coast, you know, like my parents work for the federal government. Um, and God, you know, I, 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 I come at all this stuff from an, an anarchist perspective. So I discovered Noam Chomsky when I was like 15 and kaboom. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, um, ran with it and never turned around. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so I'm, I am, I have a real schism myself in, in my own mind because I'm, I'm trying to run this label. I've always loved music. I've always gravitated to music, played in a band for a long time. And I, I initially started the record store because I, 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 I was a social worker for 10 years and I burned out and I was like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, like I so miss being involved in the world of music. Like yeah. that's what made me the most happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yet like so much of what we do, you're sort of inherently compromised. I'm constantly asking myself, you know, with the label, is is there a way, you know, is what I'm doing effective in the way that I want to be effective? Or effective is probably the wrong word, you know, it, disruptive is maybe a word I want to use, but, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, or, or am I just merely another spoke in the wheel? Am mm -hmm. I just being recuperated? Is Beacon Sound just being recuperated by capitalism? And mm -hmm. that's just because that's what capitalism does, you know? Um, so I'm asking myself right now how, you know, if there's a way to move forward that is, gosh, maybe more of like a middle ground or something. Mm -hmm. um, like, I'm really curious. Like, I ask myself a lot as, almost more of like a, a mental exercise what would a what would a decommodified world of music look like mm -hmm. yeah right I, I, so, and, and that's part of that fear that i think i get because i it's it's so outside of our own experience and everything that we were taught and you know soaked mm -hmm. up from 120 minutes or whatever you know and mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's weird so, you know, I, I also asked myself, you know, like if, if shit just collapsed, um, you know, would I still be involved in the world of music? Yeah. What would that look like? You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I am sort of thinking like, how, is there a way that I can transition at some point out of the label and into something else? I don't know what that is yet, you know, Yeah. but yeah. like how 
I don't want to just be stuck in this cycle. Like I'm really trying to think of like how, how I can sort of push this culture forward in a mm -hmm. way. Yeah. I if mean, that makes sense. Totally. With, without yeah. just merely being another capitalist tool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Essentially. If you think about how humans engage with music for the last, whatever, 30,000 years or 60,000 years, you know, it's like, we passed that culture on orally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So yeah. for most of the, for most it was of community the centered, of you know, music completely, it was people passing on the same stuff mm -hmm. for thousands of years. Like how they figured out that so many of our folk tales actually go back like four, six, eight thousand years. Mm -hmm. It's mind boggling. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then, bam, now we're like, it's, it's like the polar opposite where everybody's making music. It's mm -hmm. very individualist, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's making music. And you know, what I'm doing is I am selling commodified nuggets of cultural information. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> polar opposite of like a grounded, sustainable culture where people are passing you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i have, have an intimate relationship yeah with the transmission of culture and it you know you know where i'm going with this yeah and i and, and it's i will say that and and and, yeah. and and again just to finish that thought again it, it is it isn't black or in white right yeah it's this it's this sort of ongoing dialectic or something or mm -hmm. just like a conversation i guess mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. Because on the other hand, it's really cool, right? We have this incredible level of individual freedom, which mm -hmm. you wouldn't have had in that more like old school, traditional earth-based society. Right. And right, I right. guess that's where I'm thinking, like, where do we go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there, any, is there something we can, we can do that, 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 that tries to resolve that tension, but maintains this sort of, incredible flowering of very diverse culture but also somehow find a, a degree of sustainability where we're not just another capitalist tool in the system and destroying the planet right right at the same time so, well so i think something that i you know because again constantly think of this i actually pivoted to the podcast because the writing was was very very thickly painted on the wall that there's a lot of music out there and to try to make a living off of being a musician, especially where I was with my quote unquote career, that was really not much of anything. Um, I was, I, I started this podcast cause I wanted to find a way to promote my music. Cause I'd, I'd spend an hour or not an hour. I'd spend a year working on a collection of 10 songs. I'd spend a year on 30, 40 minutes worth of music. And then the only mm -hmm. people I really had, to like tell about it were like the internet, which there's a million other people, well not a million, there's millions of other people doing that. And my friends mm -hmm. who don't like the same kind of music as me and they don't like the music that I make. Well, my friend group at the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I've just had to really like um, adjust and evolve like my intentions and what I, what I want, what I think I want out of it versus like what, 
do I actually want out of it? And something that has been going on for the last probably um, basically since like my smallish group of friends that I had in Seattle merged with my wife's group of friends when we got together, you know, so eight years now, uh, were there were there's we're just like this you know this this group of of different types of artists like my friend Steven plays piano and, and he lives down the road and we actually we go to we we have like sleepovers there with all of us because he has two fucking grand pianos in his house and it's like mm. a beautiful he's got an orchard and so we we actually jokingly call it the drug spa and you know for nice. the last you know eight years we go there and we you know maybe may or may not partake in some certain types of things that <laughs> are fun and uh we like mm -hmm. jam and and that i've learned since you know doing that and, and finding my own little mini community of friends and uh co-conspirators and confidants and all that is like that i get so much more joy out of that than i do playing a show like playing a show, I do like playing shows, but it's also very nerve wracking. And it's like, I'm in a, I'm in a different headspace. I'm like, I got to get everything ready and I got, you know, I've got to do all the stuff. And, um, and then releasing an album, you know, like it's always, no matter what, it's always some level of disappointment because you didn't break the world with it or whatever, you know, that's just, you know, coming from my mm -hmm. really, really, uh, you know, immature maybe sense of that but yeah so i guess what i'm trying to say is like immature yeah i mean i mean immature as far as like the development of my my aspect on it i know yeah um yeah yeah it's again it's this it's getting into the sort of the the, the paradox of our reality right which mm -hmm. is that maybe you shouldn't be thinking like that in the first place exactly no yeah this, right mm-hmm that's, I think that's what you're saying. It's like mm -hmm. this whole like global, it's like, yeah, I go through the same thing. I'm, I'm always bummed <laughs> every record. I'm like, God, yeah. I can't believe even like a record that's really successful. It's like, well, 500 human beings on this planet now have that record. Right. Like, it's nothing. Right. But also I feel like, you know, um, but, 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 but you yeah, know, think but, about the fact that again, most of, most of our existence we lived in groups of 20, 20, 25 people. Mm -hmm. Maybe you knew 50, 100, a couple hundred people, and that, that was it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I sort of fall back on the, maybe you shouldn't be chasing, and especially thinking environmentally. It's like the mm -hmm. more you scale up, well, the more you're involved in killing the planet, you know? So maybe there is a lot of value in just thinking small. Yeah, and I think, oddly enough, this, this, this endless... Um, this endless selection and this, you know, in, incredible uh, link and ability to communicate, um, you know, I feel like there's there are more scenes, if you want to call them scenes, but they're definitely not scenes like in the sense they were when you know pre-internet and everything. But you know, the the metrics tra chasing, I I gave up on that a long time ago. Um, you know, the numbers that I get are cool. And they're they're actually like, I I wasn't super stoked at first. I wanted more, but now when I put it in perspective, I'm like, that's fucking crazy. That's great. This is great. And I feel like when it's because things have, you know, become more particulate, smaller particles as far as like these scenes or whatever. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about 500 people bought that record versus, you know. Uh, a, a million 
you know, streams of the latest fucking, you know, trap song or whatever. The ratio of, um, I think the, and, and again, I, it doesn't have to be about comparisons, but I feel like the, the ratio of people who are really connecting and really like having an experience that is fulfilling, holding that thing, this record, I bought, I bought this record from this, this label and this, I just, I feel like th- that the connection and the uh you know positive influence or whatever i think outweighs metrics you know so, like mm-hmm. so much more you know and 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 i guess is this my and then i also i get in this thing of like well is this me like sugarcoating it for my 39 year old self who isn't a rock star and probably isn't going to be a rock star at 39. <laughs> I don't know. It's just this mind, total mind fuck. But yeah. I think you just have to kind of sit in it. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. You know, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if there's a resolution, but it's good to be thinking about it. Yeah. And that, yeah, that actually, you kind of just hit on something I wanted to say earlier, like the, the capitalism business commodity, all of that aspect of rather than, I don't I don't love it. I don't like it. I wish it wasn't that way, but it is that way. And is there a way that I can do what is important to me and try to have this community and connect with the community? How can I best do that where it's not going to murder my soul within the system that I actually live in? Like live in I'm going to live in yep. the world that I live in rather than yep. the one that I wished I, you know, within. So, yeah. Yeah, it's the exact same thing that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's the exact, it's the exact, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, wow. I, I wasn't have, expecting I this answers. to be the conversation, but I am so happy it is. Like this, this is the type of shit that I feel like I wanted to start a podcast for. Because uh, hearing people have you know these these like real conversations that aren't platitudes or fucking hallmark stand ups mm-hmm. or something. You know, it's like yeah, you know. We all, we all have our things. And right now, you know, there are people listening who are just like, what the fuck? Yeah. What do I do? How do I do this or whatever? And hopefully they feel less alone maybe, or maybe they think like these fucking guys are just complaining. <laughs> I would say, uh, read some books. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, you know, for me, honestly, the label is just a little like sort of small chunk of what I'm engaged in. Yeah. If, if, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I definitely don't talk to a lot of other people running labels who are thinking about it the same way I am. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard to step out of your own frame for one thing. Mm-hmm. It's something I've always tried to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, I think if, 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 you know, if, if, um, if, People are out there feeling kind of hopeless, you know, like don't feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. Don't feel hopeless. But um, think, you know what I mean? Like really like dive in and like dig deeper. Mm-hmm. That's that's like my primary message message to people in general and myself also is just like keep digging, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be satisfied with sort of the way things are. Yeah, we all have to live basically practically every person on this planet. Mm-hmm now is wrapped up in this in this global system 
for now, temp- temporarily, you know? Mm-hmm. So that is, that, that's, that's our life. We mm-hmm. have to live within that system and figure out if we can do it in a way that is, you know, meaningful and also, um, uh, you know, not just perpetuating a system that is fundamentally unjust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fundamentally patriarchal. Patriarch. Mm-hmm. It all goes back, <laughs> you know, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine thousand years to patriarchy mm-hmm. and men basically taking over and, and, uh, you know, excluding, excluding women. Mm-hmm. And controlling their sexuality, you know, yeah. like all this shit that we're living now, it all comes out of that, that basic move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we have men, men running governments who have no qualms about bombing the shit out of other people's children in other parts of the world, you know. Yeah. Or, um, that's what we, know, we've been doing for 8,000 years. Yeah, or acquiescing more or to more, lobbyists. More, more or less. Right. Acquiescing to yeah. lobbyists to not change uh, regulations on safety and railroads and... You know, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all part that of the, it's all happen. part of the same thing. But I, <laughs> but I would say to people out there listening right now, go, read David Graeber. David Graeber. You know who David Graeber is. Um, I'm not. He sure. he. Uh, this is definitely getting a little far afield. Uh-huh. Sort of. Sort of, because everything is connected, and um, basically, he wrote this book. I think it's like a New York Times. He's written a ton of books, but he wrote a book a couple of years ago, basically um, trying to upend the, the the narrative of civil civilization that, we, that we've been given. Is it the dawn and of I'll make everything? This very brief. Uh, the dawn of everything. Okay. That book. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's written lots of other stuff. And there's lots of other stuff out there, kind of along those lines, especially these days, because a lot of people are thinking about this. That mm-hmm. the narrative that we've been given is not accurate, and that people throughout history and prehistory have been experimenting with all kinds of ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I bring this up because there's a lot of hope in there, tremendous amount of hope for what we actually can do and the mm-hmm. agency that we do have to change things. Yeah. And I, An- another right. book, another book I recommend just um, is scorched earth. Okay. It's by this guy, Jonathan Crary and it's on Versa. And it's a just a devastating and and beautiful polemic against uh, this the digital, okay, scorch how it's destroying us and destroying the planet. Um, Sweet, I got some reading to do. Yeah, yeah, Um, don't feel despair. Don't feel despair. Fight. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I totally. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's there's too much paralysis and like social media totally reinforces this so much paralysis and anxiety and depression where i mean we're all probably mentally ill you know mm-hmm. oh especially for sure. after fucking co- after covid yeah, you know it's like don't, yeah <laughs> don't fall into the trap of despair and apocalypse talk and all this stuff you know like dig deeper keep digging make connections with people yeah I do, I do stuff, try and find I, a better way, try and try and change the world one person at a time. You know? Yeah. I think that's, that's the key right there is like the, the, the agency we have, I think the, it, you just basically dude. we, we are, we're definitely like on the same hamster wheel. Um, you know, something that I've kind of like formulated cause you know, I've had these, you know, have these conversations with people and, and I think it's very like in fashion to, because it's true, but I think it's also, you know, kind of in fashion to be 
you know, humans suck. Humans are awful. We we don't deserve this. We mm-hmm. we don't deserve what we've been given as a gift of a planet. And it's not we. It's it's the few that are in the power, and you can't do much about that. So, but what you can do is like it's it's the relationships that you forge with other people that is hands down the most important thing in a human like a human can do with their life life is to mm-hmm. um make and maintain these connections with people and i also you know i've been thinking you know kind of i'm synthesizing all of this no pun intended um with also this idea you know cuz you know get becoming a, an atheist as uh, a lot of Catholics do by the time they're, you know, in their late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like, you know, an angsty atheist for me, I was an angsty atheist and that just brought a lot of doom, gloom, nihilism. Nothing has a, there's nothing has a point. Like what's the point of anything if it's all like going to go away. Mm -hmm. And the, Mm -hmm. the, the answer to that for me is, 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 is pronged one is like the essence of existence is impermanence um mm-hmm. so live in the world that you'd live in and not the one you would and don't lament the one you wished you lived in and then also and this is where it gets pretty wooey and i'm really not trying to be like fucking a bastardized eastern you know fucking proselytizer <laughs> or something but we don't know we don't know, uh, you know, every, what's the meaning of life or anything. And for me, it's like the thing that has brought me a lot of joy and comfort and eased this, um, this kind of nihilistic, like pointlessness is like, what if, how fucking crazy, what a fucking, and this is coming from a privileged perspective as well. I want to acknowledge that, but what a crazy, <laughs> unlikely, uh, in, fucking infinitely improbable um, privilege it is to be a part of the universe that can exist and observe itself. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the absurdity of existence and life and the universe, all of that is like, if you mm-hmm. really like really let yourself think about it, it's fucking like, what, what the, what? And that's, yeah, it's probably, it's probably, cool. it's probably just a wit. Probably just a window of time too. Oh, one hundred percent. Geologic time, you know. Yeah. Um, which exactly, which kind scary. of makes it that, and and I feel like that used to be a thing that made it more doom and more pointless and more sad to me. But it seems like a lot of the stuff that w- would be doom, doom driving or whatever, like, has actually become a more like. I feel like it lends to my rose colored glasses classes like perspective on it like the fact that it is so small kind of makes it more crazy and like more like what Mm -hmm. and then if Mm -hmm. you know if if you get to the end of it and there's no point then or no meaning that that anyone can fully agree on and 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 prove then you get to hang your own meaning on it Mm -hmm. and that is fucking awesome (laughs) you know like i'm so much more comfortable as a being you know, a, a conscious being after like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I self-identify as a, a magical non-theist. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I don't really identify as an, as an atheist. Yeah, me neither. Although, I mean, we know there, we, we, we know there's no patriarchal God. Right. Yeah. The Santa know, Claus God. Yeah. With, you know, the, all those fairy tales that were created by the, the, the three, I'm, you know, just speaking just of the three major Western religions in the last couple thousand years, you know, um, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Well, it's also like that's 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 that supports the existing way that things are, namely. Oh, Peter, totally. Which is I why mean, it's a god. What well, god? And you don't hear about goddesses anymore because they got rid of that stuff, right? You know? And it's punitive. Um, and it's you know, it's like, hey, weird that totally. this all got really punitive when, like, societies were starting to get large and they you know needed a way to control people. <laughs> it's just kind of like I don't know. I feel like that. Yeah. Um, so when you say like, are you talking like, um, oh, what's his like, like, uh, like Neville Goddard and what's like the modern guy, uh, Mitch Horowitz, like that kind of, when you say a non-theist, like magic, is that like, are you, are you oh, like I, literally I referring even, to like modern magic with a K or something? No, it, for okay. me, it's just a turn of phrase. Just, just like what you're saying that we don't know. Yeah. I, I've talked, I've talked people out of religion. Just by like saying that over and over, it's like the only intellectually honest thing you can tell me right now is I don't know because you don't fucking know. Yeah, right. Yeah. And when the people who staunchly say they do are the ones that really probably know they don't know the most and it gives them the most fear, you know? Um, Of course. Yeah, yeah. totally. That's how it works. You know, like I'd rather like, I don't know, be connected to nature and that's where I find my sacred. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we are coming up on an hour, which t- which t- <laughs> and I feel bad. We haven't really talked much about, uh, the, like what I was going to try and take this doing, back but, towards, okay, right, there towards music, Perfect, you know, yeah. like because it, it is. It's all interconnected. It is all interconnected, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's a way we process. That's, that's and one thing that I the, yeah. It's, it's one thing I, I don't like about the the world of music i guess is how siloed it, it is how so Sometimes, like you know, not just not just like genres but also just i don't know it's just like i don't know i don't know how to really well you know ar- something articulate that but like how many how many new like worldwide everyone household name like pop stars are there like i feel like all the real big pop stars and and like the biggest you know stadium artists and stuff they're all they're all a little older now like so i'm kind of curious you know like what's what's going to what's it going to be like when your lady gaga's and and you know harry styles might be like the young one of this group but like our our system right now is not set up our world or the way it's connected and the amount of options it's just like it's that's no longer I don't think like a thing that is going to naturally, not that it naturally happened, but there's just, you know, um, but I, I just, yeah, I wonder what is it going to be like when there's not, you know, is like worldwide giant Beyonce's Taylor Swift. Nobody does. Yeah. Maybe it'll be all just AI generated. Fuck. Yeah. Um, take the, take the, individual and the personal artistry out of it just i'm not really concerned with that because i've seen 
you know, because just, I think the fact that something like vinyl is still something that is pressed and bought and can actually be profitable or, but, or at least let's not say profitable, but at least like, uh, you know, a realistic endeavor. Um, I think there's just, there's too many of us who are like still, uh, value that, that connection. Um, so I don't think that the AI thing, I, I really don't think that's going to become, I'm sure a lot of people will listen to AI generated music, you know, because you know, you meet people who say, Oh, I listen to everything. And it's like, okay, you, you, you don't, you, you or some people, you know, a lot of people aren't just that into music, but for the, for the real heads, I don't know that AI is going to be, you know? Yeah. I, I don't really mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I certainly, I, cer I, cer I certainly hope not. I'm mortally opposed to the, just the idea of AI. <laughs> it's, I mean, you, you brought yeah. up, you brought up the, you know, misanthropy. It's yeah. like, give me a fucking break. Right. It's like the last thing we need is artificial intelligence. We haven't even figured out how to live on the planet. I know. Yeah. Or, yeah. or we've, or we've worse, we've, we've fallen out of knowing how to live on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just like, so, or actively, you know, ignoring it. But, um, a a AI is being created by the worst actors in our, society 100 percent. yeah and they are doing this primarily because it's going to benefit the benefit the military industrial complex mm -hmm. and that's why you know most of the money that's why spotify is investing in ai warfare wow literally Fuck. there's a lot of money in it you know like they want to create these ai drones and you know just all this like robotic military st stuff and take the human element out of it. Like that's what really scares me. Yeah. And it, it drives me nuts when I see people normalizing AI on Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, that that's how it starts. Yeah. That's how it starts. I, 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 no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, <laughs> if it's like, it sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would like it. Maybe if we had like a benevolent AI, maybe have that be president instead of, you know, Fucking, what would that? I mean, what 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 would benevolent AI even be? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we don't need. That's not what. That just isn't what we need, in mm -hmm. my humble opinion. Yeah, we need to like wrap our we heads. We need each around. other. Yeah, we need each other, <laughs> and we need to wrap our heads around the idea of uh, an infinite, uh, infinite, a model of infinite growth on a very infinite planet. That's something I've been thinking about so much. It's just like how, like like the train derailment, like these companies are making just in profit, like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And they're getting rid of their workforce. They're paring that down. Like, and it's, it's just like all for just more and more and more because you are in the red. Even if you made a, a hundred million dollars of profit this year, next year, if you make $95 million in profit, then you're in the red because you mm -hmm. aren't as big as the last. And that's just like, that's how you yeah. get fucking giant, literal giant fucking dicks going to space, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do we take, you know, how do we take the industry out of the culture and music? Um, here's and, where and I'm, then, yeah. And then, and yeah. then what are we, what are we left with? What are we left with? Right. So something right, I was you, you thinking won't be, of, you, won't, you won't be holding those vinyl albums in your hand right, any longer. Exactly. Presumably, 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 maybe right. there's a way, mm -hmm. you know, I want, I want to do this thing but, where like uh, David Bazan did it for a while from page of the lion. Um, but still it would, it would still, 
I can't get around the commerce thing. And I would have to be like a trust fund kid or just have a bunch of, you know, free time and a bunch of money. But I think it would be really cool mm -hmm. to just like go on a, go on tour, but just play living room shows at, you know, people's house that are a fan of this. And maybe if they're a musician, they can play the show too. And then, you know, you have like just a, a little house mm -hmm. party with a small group of people and you play some music, but you also hang out, you know? Um, mm -hmm. But it's like, yeah, I think I would, I think I probably would do stuff like that if I, you know, had, had, you know, like retirement, I don't need to work any more money, but I, that's again, that's like, how problem. do you, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the problem. <laughs> I've, I've talked to, um, you know, even artists on the label, how cool would it be instead of going, playing a show a night for 30 days in Europe? I remember talking to, um, Peter Broderick, my old mm -hmm. friend, Peter Broderick about Barcelona. I was like just going off by how cool Barcelona is or something. He was like, yeah, I've been there a bunch of times, but I've never really been there. Mm -hmm. Played shows there, cruise in, the next day you drive out and go to the next city. You know, like how cool would it be to be able to go on tour, but spend more time in each place and like really become more embedded, maybe make music with people like who, who even knows, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I guess that could be one, you know, going back to what we were saying, talking about earlier with, with, with like slower culture, that could be a good example of that. But then again, you run back into that whole thing where, damn, it's like, I'm not making money. That's what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, every time I fucking digitally panhandle on patreon.com forward slash podular modcast, you know, like a part of my soul does die, but it's like, I want to keep doing this. I want to keep doing this, but yeah. I just couldn't do it without it. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it it really it really sucks. I always tell my wife like, if 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 I like my my dream is not like we live in South Tacoma. It's 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 not a terrible neighborhood. It's not a good neighborhood. My house is from 1911. I'm lucky mm -hmm. enough that we were able to um, buy a house, but we had to leave the city that we currently lived in. So like my pie in the sky dream is to make like as much as I made as an electrician off of the podcast um, mm -hmm. or, or make, I mean, actually I'd want a little more. And the only reason I'd want a little more is just so I, my wife could take long periods of time off work. So we could get in like a camper van and we could, cause we are, we road trip. That's our thing. We road trip and camp. I want to road trip and camp, but stop, and go play living room shows and record podcasts and make music and films and, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't want, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I, I don't want to be famous or rich. I don't want to be, I've, I know rich people like fuck you, rich people. And <laughs> they're not happier. I can tell you that. Yeah. They but, have, it, but, you it would, but it would, but it would be nice. It would be nice. Yeah. So, would, so, <laughs> I will admit that sometimes I buy lottery tickets. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, why not? Tax, you know, tax on the poor. Yeah. Because it sure would be nice to not have to worry about, you know, yeah, kind of already be on your path. I fantasize all the time about this. It's like, wow, what if I just had like a million bucks? Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I often, I often instead, like. Instead of the, the dregs of a government loan, you know. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I could, I could do so much. I could conquer the music industry. Right. <laughs> I sometimes jokingly. Not, not really, but. Yeah. yeah jokingly but like somewhat seriously tempt whatever if ever there's something in charge and be like i know money doesn't make people happy 
but please just give me the opportunity to try to prove you wrong. Um, but mm-hmm. like, cause and, like, I would love to start like a little synth library. Like I would love to have like a little art house, you know, coffee house that played cool movies and had like a little synth library because it's so prohibitively expensive to get people to come in and, mm-hmm. and teach people about it. And so that's another pie in the sky dream. If I could make this into a more profitable, my own job thing, that's like an end goal there for the community. Have but, you thought about going non, non, non-profit? I've thought about looking into it, but like I am just so not good at business and research and stuff. But yeah, it is something that I've I've been kind of toying with. Like maybe I could try to do like a nonprofit type thing. Um, yeah, but, I've, I've thought about. It seems like kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of work to even get there. But then you know you could be like the executive director, and you can you can take obviously tax deductible donations mm-hmm. and. Then right. you're a little more sort of outside of the 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 system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sort of. Well, okay. Let's let's. I I I feel like I know I know you got a you're on a, a time you, a time limit here, and uh, I don't want to actually actually I'm not. Oh, okay, cool. I thought <laughs> I thought you had to babysit here soon, but I also don't want to like you know, monopolize all your all your time today. But um, I'm, I'm easy. You are going to have some editing to do. <laughs> I, oh, no, I'm not going to edit any of this shit. Um, oh, yeah? No, I don't like to. No, that's that's kind of like my version of the punk rock thing. I like that podcasts are these rambling things. And, you know, if we feel like, oh, it was a little rambly, well, most people won't feel it as, as rambly as we did because mm-hmm. we're self-conscious. But also, if they don't want to listen to it, they cannot finish it or they can fast forward so you know um it's true i love the fact that you use the word punk <laughs> so often described sometimes people say oh what kind of a label is speaking sound i said it's a punk label and then they go, oh, i think gosh, that's probably like, yeah and i'm yeah. like oh but not 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 aesthetic yeah 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 punk, punk and spirit yeah the spirit of punk is as kind of like i feel like the underscoring of a lot of my thinking and actions um but mm-hmm. uh me too. What was it? Oh yeah. So you you do you have some recent releases and some upcoming releases. Um, one mm-hmm. in particular, uh, I actually reached out to the artist after hearing one song and am in the process of trying to get them on the show. Is the Cruel Diagonals album uh, that's yeah, coming Megan. out soon? That mm-hmm. al- I mean, I've only listened to the pre-order released tracks, but um. Wow, that is that is a really fucking great set of songs so far. Um, so I guess I would like to give you a chance to promote some of this stuff that's coming out, but also like just maybe like a crash course in how you find the artists to release, and you know how do you go about that aspect of it? That, that is a really really good question, and um, the answer is kind of that I'm all over the place in terms of how how I find music these days. Um, you know, it sucks, but I get hundreds of demos. Yeah. I get so many demos. It's, you wouldn't even believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't listen to them all. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, it would be like a, it would be more than a part-time job. Yeah. Just, it's like, it's almost like you'd have to like pay me or something. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Cause the, the labor of actually like going, you know, um, so anyways, uh, I very, very rarely 
say yes to demos, mm-hmm. um, which sucks from the artist side. Um, but there are multiple reasons for that. Uh, one is just the fact that I already have all these established relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a, a group like Methods Body or Starlight Assembly or, you know, um, someone like Derek Hunter Wilson or Locations. I already work with all these artists, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have those relationships and um, I'm trying to get a little more into like um, having a consistent roster yeah. of artists, um, which further narrows, you know, like how you get a release on Beacon Sound or whatever. Um, and, so, and then with, with, with Megan, um, it was, she, she was asking around like, Hey, like anybody know any cool labels that I should hit up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so we were introduced by, uh, Robert Ham, Bob Ham, who's a freelance writer in Portland. Mm-hmm. And he, he and I are part partners in this uh, project called Megalith. We're, we're just trying to produce events and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk about that too. I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, so, yeah, she and I, you know, sent me the, she sent me the album. I was like, this is, this is great. Um, and uh, I definitely put a lot of emphasis on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if, if we talk on the phone and I'm like, gosh, we could be friends. Mm-hmm. I'm much more likely to release your music. For sure. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Sense. Totally. It, it mm-hmm. isn't. Even though I do think about, I do try and, of course, think about it in in that that business sense of I'm representing this artist and I want to help them get their music out there. And to do that, again, getting back to playing the game, mm-hmm. you got to play the game. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally, yeah, and <clears throat> yeah. Um, I, have I don't so know if many... that fully answers your, answers, no, answers your question. It about, totally does, and 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 it's kind of know. like it's kind of what I expected because. I, that's the sense that I get like from this, this world that we live in of all these, you know, well-established like boutique label labels or whatever you want to call them. I'm sure you love being called a boutique label, but, um, (laughs) whatever it, uh, it just seems like another one of those words, you know, artisanal, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I've had a lot of people reach out to me, you know, listening to the podcast, asking me for advice I'm, you know, I really want to get on a label. How do you get on a label? And I tell them, become friends with somebody who's running a cool label because most of these people started a label because they have so many like friends or be, you know, or have already curated this group. Like, I don't think a lot of these indie labels within our, you know, gaseous bubble of type of music that we listen to and and whatever, like. I don't think a lot of them are taking a whole lot of demos. And again, when you're sent so many, it's like, how do you even like pick one, what ones to start with, you know? And like, yeah. It, it's a total epic mindfuck. Mm-hmm. It's the yeah. only way I can even describe it because you have this pyramid of a marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to call it, global music marketplace. And because it's a pivot, a pyramid, sorry. Um, there just isn't that much space at the top, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you have all these, basically there's far too much music being produced yeah, <laughs> um, for a very limited marketplace, which is actually shrinking. Mm-hmm. For, right, right. Certainly. It seems like it's 
like shrinking away and practically nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, it doesn't seem like there are that many labels out there at this point that are even particularly sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My label is barely sustainable. It's barely breaking even after all these years. I'm like, whoo, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I, 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 as someone who has made music and been on that side of the equation, it's just a brutal reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a brutal reality. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. And I, I actually mostly tell people because I, something I think about a lot too, when people are, are, are coming to me with like advice or anything, it's one, I'm like, well, I haven't like, I've been on a few small labels, but I haven't like, it's not like, yeah, it's not like I've, I've got a lot of experience with this. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Like, I also try to like, when I, when I'm asked for advice about like synth stuff or music stuff, like I, I, I feel like I want to be really conscious of the amount of time that this person actually may have to even devote to this. If they've got, you know, maybe they've got a really grueling job. Everybody's got a job. Um, and you know, just like the time, the time that it would take to like put in all of the work for your DPK, your digital press kit and all of that stuff, like that in itself could be like two weeks of like 40 hours a week, you know, it's just like, it's, and it's like, I've, yeah. I've, I always tell people like I would, I would self-release it and just try to like find people to help, you know, that, that you think will like it and, and hope they listen mm-hmm. to it. But, um, it's, you you know, how much energy do you want to devote to something that is going to be probably the most likely thing of the whole, you know, like, yeah. What, you know, one piece of advice that I would have um, that just occurred to me for artists looking for labels is try to come up with some creative approaches. So mm-hmm. for example, I, um, I was sent a demo last year by um, two artists who are decently well-established, um, Raulson and uh, Tatu Ronka. And mm-hmm. Tatu is a member of um, After, After Clang, the Danish band. Okay. Used to be in 4AD. Um, oh, cool. And they initially were thinking, we're just going to self-release this record. It's pretty out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. pretty out there. Record. They were going to just self-release it call it a day and um they decided instead to approach me because of course the more they thought about it the more they thought well it would actually be really helpful to have a label Mm -hmm. you kind of have the prestige of the label you're on and 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 not to mention just help Mm -hmm. like press you know and and basically what they presented to me was um we will pay for the production of the lp of course, that's usually the biggest, at least for me, that's like the biggest chunk of change in right. any release. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a risk. It's mm-hmm. like a serious investment and risk, you know? Yeah. And um, they were like, we'll, we'll pay for the production of the LP. And um, you can just buy as many copies as you need or sell. And in return, you give us a press campaign. Uh-huh. And um, that did it. Yeah, yeah. That was that was enough. Like, otherwise, you know, it wasn't like I was going to say no necessarily. But the fact that they were like, 
you know, it, it really is kind of getting away from this more old school capitalist model of how to do things, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. a record label should operate. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, w- I would definitely recommend sort of exploring trying to get out of the sort of old school way of thinking about working with a record label. Yeah. 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 Tim Heidecker. What, whatever that's, and, whatever that's worth. Right. Yeah. T- do you know Tim and Eric, the comedians? I know who they are. Yeah. So Tim and Eric, um, with their first, like it was a VHS tape of like their, their like little, their, I don't even know what they called it. I think they were just like comedy, like sketches. They got, uh, Bob Odenkirk from Mr. Shows, uh, and you know, better call Saul now. Um, they got his address to send him something and they sent him their VHS tape, but they also sent him a bill for the shipping. And that is what mm-hmm. like made him watch it. Cause he's like, that's fucking hilarious. You know, that these guys would send <laughs> me a bill and you know, if they hadn't done that, who knows, we might, the world might not have Tim and Eric. So, you know, like I agree, yeah. like you, I'm not saying you should do that specifically, but yeah, creative, creative approaches. Like I kind of doubled down on just trying to like, I think word of mouth is huge and relationships with people in real life is huge. So if you do have Absolutely. like an, a scene in your area, like don't do this just so you can hope to meet somebody that has a label, but like try to meet the people who are playing mm-hmm. the shows that you want to see and want to play in your area and just fucking mm-hmm. do it and put yourself out there and don't yep. be nervous. Like if they're a dick, then you don't want to be friends with them anyway. You know, like, be cool. Totally. Don't bug them, but you know, just try to like become like, just try to work your way into the scene. And, you know, I think a lot of people want yeah. a, a, an easy, quick answer, but I think you got to put the time in too. It's for sure. Yeah. Another thing I would say um, is just that introducing new artists. So introducing an unknown artist is the hardest thing to do. Oh, for sure. And yeah. The sm- and the small, obviously the smaller the label, the less well-known the label, the less powerful, less wealthy the label, the totally. more difficult it's going to be. Yep, that's As totally I've discovered yeah. over and over again, if you're yeah. trying to introduce an unknown artist, holy crap, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so it's another piece of the puzzle which supports what you just said, which is it's really important to um, have your own thing going on. You know, mm-hmm. that is often a deciding factor for me. It sucks, mm-hmm. but it has to be. And that's because I don't have unlimited do. funds. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like I, I, I need to be really careful. Um, so it's just, it's kind of similar to, um, it's kind of analogous to, um, oh gosh, I probably shouldn't even bring that up. <laughs> you know, there's all these labels trying to get just distribution. Mm-hmm. And a lot, it, it's almost like we need like a new, someone needs to come up with like a kind of like how secretly 25, 30 years ago realized, wow, there's no room for us in the existing marketplace. We've got to start our own thing. It's almost like someone's got to start something new today because mm-hmm. yeah. there are all these labels out there that are really worthy um, of being distributed mm-hmm. for one thing, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, the existing distribution system and you ha- you, it's understandable it's kind of analogous to a label trying to decide whether to bring on an artist that's less well-known mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, because you are taking a huge risk. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. um, it, it sucks. Again, it gets back to this capitalist mindset mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is really hard to, because you're stuck in this system, it's hard to get out of that. You have to think like that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really discouraging for artists who are trying to make a go at it mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to how to make it work. Yeah. Get... Yeah. I, th- I think the, the, uh, the theme or I think the takeaway for me, if I was out listening to, you know, our conversation is like the bottom line is the community that you can find and foster and the relationships with the people in that community. And then also just like finding like what it is about what you do that makes you happy and try your best to see if any, like whatever those, you know, if you make a list of the your the five things that make you happiest with, with your artistic pursuits, try to make that work in a way that doesn't depend on the capitalist system, which good luck, but there, you know, there are ways. And if you can find five people to listen to your album and then talk to you about your album, start an album club on a discord channel mm-hmm. or something, you know, find like build a little totally. community where like, okay, what would you rather have a hundred people listen to the first 30 seconds of your 10 songs? Or would you have want like 15, 20 people listen to your album multiple times to get to know it well enough to be able to talk about it with you, you know, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I would say keep thinking, dig deeper and mm-hmm. don't just accept the way things are. Yep. Totally. Fuck, I usually do a Patreon bonus thing, but I'm not putting any of this behind the paywall. This is this has been a fucking awesome chat and um <laughs> and I think we're you're going to have to come back because I'm going to actually have to like talk to you about Beacon Sound more specifically. Um but I think yeah. this was this was really cool. Um and I would love to come back on. Yeah, and I usually ask people at the end like do you have anything to shout from the modular mountaintops? But I feel like this whole thing has us been shouting and proclaiming from the top. But do you want to promote some upcoming releases and how people can find uh, your stuff and uh, and the show? Like how does how does your show series work and whatnot? Um, I, I would love it if people listening who, um, you know, you can always listen to stuff on Bandcamp, but I would really love it if you walked into your favorite record store and said, hey, Will you please order this record? Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that that would, that would be cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise, hit up Bandcamp. I love Bandcamp. Yeah, um, thank God, that's, for Bandcamp. That's that's a great way. Totally. And the other thing um, that I would say is if, uh, you know, like if you're. I almost feel like I should put like a no one turned away for lack of funds thing on the website, you know, but if, if you, if you're like, God, I live in Ireland and I really want that record, but I can't play the, pay the $28 shipping or whatever, hit me up. Mm-hmm. Send, send me an email. Cause I'll probably sell the record to you for 10 bucks or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I um, love it. Punk rock. That's punk rock. Yeah. I do that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and I don't know if that really answered your question, but then the the, meg- the megalith thing, um, basically, you know, I was doing shows in Peak and Sound for many years, mm-hmm. and uh, I loved it. And it, it kind of became got to the stage where I didn't want to sell records anymore because mm-hmm. I was just tired of retails. God, you want to talk about brutal? Yeah. Um, and when I closed the shop, I over the last three years, I just came to realize, wow, I really what I really miss is 
having a space and then being able to pit on shows. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I also was also simultaneously feeling like I didn't want to do it alone anymore. Um, so I, I hit up my friend Bob and said, Hey, you want to do this thing together? Just for starters, we thought, we thought about bringing more people in and also making more of like a, a collective endeavor. Mm-hmm. But for now it's just me and me and Bob and we've been putting on shows in, in other people's venues. It's like okay. Coliseum here yeah, in, Port- yeah. in Portland, yeah. a bar, a bar called no, no fun. Um, but we did just find a physical space. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. Um, but it's, it's not suitable for a venue. Oh, but it's such a, it's such a great location and the rent is so cheap. I should knock on wood cause we haven't signed a lease yet. Uh-huh. Um, I think we're going to do it. And, but, um, and so, what are you so, going to do there then? <laughs> basically, um, it's, it's, it's going to be label headquarters. You know, Bob's a freelance writer. So he's going to have a writing studio. And then we're thinking about doing books and records up front. Oh, cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So I might actually be getting back into records, but I think Bob might do the record thing. I might do the book thing, something like that. Okay. But um, the, the reason why we chose the name Megalith is because it harkens back to this uh, prehistoric and pre-patriarchal time. Giant rock? Um, it, it, say, say what? Giant rock? Like the earth? Yeah, is the, just is the, the old... No, 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 like the actual the megalith cultures, you know. So like, oh, I see. Um, okay, like the for, time period. Okay. For, th- mm-hmm. I mean, Stonehenge is the Stonehenge mm-hmm. is like the sort of almost cliche or something. But right, there, right. there, there was there were there were these cultures that existed for thousands of years. I don't want to go off on that too much, but yeah. like you might be able to see how all this stuff kind of fits together for me. Uh-huh. And part of what we want to do also is have like reading reading groups and. Um, just have a kind of a smaller gathering yeah. space huh. to do, to do stuff. That. that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to continue doing shows, just great. normal shows. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll put just links to all space. of this stuff in the show description. Um, but we're at an hour and a half yeah. and I actually have to drive to Seattle, so I probably should get going. But Andrew, Damn. thank you so much for your time. I, I really yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stop recording now. (laughs) All right, that's our show. Thank you so much to Andrew from Beacon Sound for coming on to Podular Modcast. Uh, Don't forget to go check out all the links uh, related to Beacon Sound in the show description. Go into your local record store and order some Beacon Sound stuff through them. Um, Yeah, let's keep these these labels going because I feel like they're absolutely essential for the kind of music that we make and want to put out in the world and want to uh, take in. So uh, yeah, again, link in the show description for all those things, Beacon Sound related. I can't talk today. I'm so sorry. Thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of Podula Modcast. Please visit them online at p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com. Also, thank you to Afterlater Audio for their continued support of PodMod afterlateraudio.com thank you to Novation I love the summit have I told you how much I love the summit I love the summit it's great thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon trying to get to 200 subscribers this year Uh, don't forget about all the cool stuff that I'm going to be passing along to some Patreon subscribers here in a month or so and I think that's about all I have for you this week 
Uh, again, check out my stuff on YouTube if you'd like. Like and subscribe over there. I'd appreciate it. All right, this week's secret word or words rather is upside dawn, not upside down, upside dawn. And if you can tell me what that is in reference to, then you get some bonus cool points. All right, until next week. <laughs>